Good morning, church. My name's Tim Power. I'm one of the pastors here at Salem. I want to welcome you and say I am so glad that you're here, and I am excited. I am excited. I've got hope in my heart for what God's going to do. You know, hope in the kingdom, hope in the kingdom of God is different than other kinds of hope. If I got up here and I said, I hope the sermon's going to go okay, you might think, well, did he prepare anything? Why is he hope about this sermon? But see, hope in the kingdom is different. See, the the scripture tells us that we have hope for eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Savior. You know what that means? It's not just, I sure hope this whole God thing works out in the end. No, it's hope. That means expectation that I am going to be eternally with my Savior because he died for my sins. That is hope. That is the kind of hope that we have. So I have hope that God's going to meet with all of us, and I have hope for what God's going to do on the inside of your heart today. Okay, so we're in a new sermon series called Parables and Passion. Uh, We're in this time of year uh, that Christians all around the world are celebrating what's called Lent. Now, I didn't grow up in a church that celebrated Lent, but Lent is this time of year where we're, we start in, on Ash Wednesday, which just happened, and it takes us through till we'll celebrate uh, Jesus' resurrection on Easter. And this time of year is when we're reflecting on Jesus, we're reflecting on his life, his death, his resurrection, and what that means for our lives, too. Now, we wanted to not just celebrate, uh, not just reflect on the story of Jesus, which we are going to do. But we also wanted to sell, uh, reflect on the stories that Jesus told, these parables that Jesus told. Now, Jesus loved to speak in parables. When he preached, he spoke in parables. They were these short little narratives that relate to the lives of common people. They relate to fishermen, farmers, common laborers. And what I want to do is I want to jump right into the scripture today, which is going to come from Mark chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 1 through 9 right now. Jesus began to teach beside the lake again. Such a large crowd gathered that he climbed into a boat there on the lake. He sat in the boat while the whole crowd was nearby on the shore. He said many things to them in parables. While teaching them, he said, listen to this. And I'm going to say, listen to this. A farmer went out to scatter seed. As he was scattering seed, some fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on the rocky ground where the soil was shallow. They sprouted immediately because the soil wasn't deep. When the sun came up, it scorched the plants, and they dried up because they had no roots. Other seed fell among thorny plants. The thorny plants grew and choked the seeds, and they produced nothing. Other seeds fell into good soil and bore fruits. Upon growing and increasing, the seed produced, in one case, a yield of 30 to 1. In another case, a yield of 60 to 1. And in another case, a yield of 100 to 1. He said, whoever has ears to listen should pay attention. I love how that ends. Whoever has ears to listen should pay attention. Question for everybody in this room right now. Are you a good listener? Are you a good listener? You don't have to raise your hand, Kimberly. I know you're a good listener. Are you a good listener? Think about that. I I asked my wife this question the other day. I said, honey, am I a good listener? I, I don't remember what she said, but 
She said something, doesn't really matter, but I am getting better at listening. Getting better at listening because a couple years ago something happened that told me I was a terrible listener. I really wish Terry wasn't here while I told this story. A few years ago, we were in a meeting, staff meeting here at Salem. Now, everybody at Salem who works with me knows how I love meetings. I think meetings are the greatest thing ever. I'm presenting this without comment. Anyway, a couple years ago, we were in a staff meeting. Pastor Terry, Pastor Sean, he was, he was brand new at this point. Um, several other folks were sitting around the table, and Pastor Terry's talking. And I'm listening, but I'm not totally listening. You ever been there? I'm listening. I'm there, but I'm not totally there. But I nod knowingly as she talks. You know, she keeps talking. Some other folks start piping into the conversation, and I keep nodding. Uh, occasionally, I even throw in one of these, hmm, to let them know, you know, Tim knows where you're coming from right now. More talking, more discussing. The meeting's going well. So I decide to pull out my phone and multitask because, you know, that candy's not going to crush itself. At one point, I notice that Terry is actually not addressing the whole staff. She's just addressing me and I think she has been for some time. <laughs> but I have no idea what she's talking about. So, <laughs> so I have to figure out, what is she talking about? She, she looks at me and she says, well, Tim, what do you think? Would that interfere with anything else you have going on? Hmm. I said, no, I bet I could carve out some time. So I'm like, geez, i got to figure out what she's talking about. <laughs> I, and so I start listening. I start listening for a little bit. But then, you know, my mind starts to wander again. And so, so I'm, I'm there, and then she, she asks another question. She goes, Tim, do you have all of them? All of them. And I'm thinking she must be talking about music, because at this time I was, I was the pastor of modern worship, so, uh, and I was doing music in this service, and I'm thinking she's asking about all the songs for Sunday. Yes, I have all of them, all of them. And then she goes, okay, that settles it. Tim, you're in charge. You have all your vaccinations, and your passport is good to go. Does anybody have any questions? So I sheepishly raised my hand, and I said, you know, Sean's new, um, so I think for his sake, could we just, like, sum up the conversation we just had? Turns out I agreed to lead a missions trip to Costa Rica. Oh, thank you. Now, I'd like to say that that was... It's just a one-time thing that happened. But I think I've probably confusedly nodded my way into most big life decisions. Because I didn't always listen. I didn't always have ears to hear. I might have been there, but I wasn't taking it in. Whoever has ears to listen should pay attention. Why pay attention? 
Why listen? Because, and this is going to be really key today, because kingdom life is received, not achieved. Okay, I want you to hear that again. Kingdom life is received, not achieved. Now, the parable we read earlier, really interesting parable. It's very important because it's in three different gospel accounts, what we call the synoptic gospels. Those are three gospels that are very, very similar, uh, have a lot of the same content, but not all of the same content. This parable is in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which means it's important. Now, when I read this parable, uh, I, I like to kind of use my imagination and get myself into the, into the story. When I read it, I see Jesus as telling this parable completely exasperated. Completely exasperated, and let me, let me tell you a little bit why. In one of the parables, one of the gospel accounts of the parables, it says that Jesus tells this story after climbing out of bed and walking outside, and there's a crowd of people gathered waiting to hear him talk. Can you imagine getting out of bed and there's people wanting, people needing? Are there any mothers of toddlers nodding at me right now? Getting out of bed and people are already at you. Jesus tells this parable without explanation to the crowd. It's kind of confusing. And even the 12 disciples that follow Jesus around at the end of the day, they're confused and they ask him, Jesus, what does this story mean? What does it mean? And he says this, starting in verse 13. Don't you understand this parable? Then how will you understand all the parables? The scatter farmers, uh, I mean, the farmer scatters the word. This is the meaning of the seed that fell on the path. When the word is scattered and people hear it, right away Satan comes and steals the word that is planted in them. Here is the meaning of the seed that fell on rocky ground. When people hear the word, they immediately receive it joyfully. Because they, have no, but because they have no roots, they last only for only a little while. When they experience distress or ab- abuse because of the word, they immediately fall away. Others are like seeds scattered among the thorny plants. These, uh, the, these are the ones who have heard the word. But the worries of life, the false appeal of wealth and desire for more things, break in and choke the word, and it bears no fruit. The seeds scattered on good soil are those who hear the word and embrace it. They bear fruits, in one case a yield of 30 to 1, in another case 60 to 1, and in another case 100 to 1. I said earlier, I imagine Jesus being exasperated. Let me explain why. Day after day, he was spreading the good news. He was giving out the good news of the kingdom. Spreading the gospel about how he came to bring this new kingdom. And people are fascinated by Jesus. They're fascinated by him. They're fascinated by hearing him speak. Huge crowds come from all over, but few listen. And this exasperates Jesus. Over and over he's saying things and nobody seems to really be hearing him. So few have ears to hear. Therefore, only a small percentage actually grow. See, I wonder how many people came to hear Jesus speak and they only heard what they wanted to hear. Were they listening for what Jesus was really saying? Were they really willing to learn? Uh, There was an old Greek philosopher, uh, 
Epictetus, I think was his name, uh, he said this, it's impossible for a man to learn what he thinks he already knows. It's impossible for a man to learn what he thinks he already knows. So few have ears to hear, therefore only a small percentage hear the word and actually grow. Actually grow. Remember, gospel life is received, not achieved. Now, I want us to notice the fact that Jesus is talking about biological growth. Biological growth when he's talking about a seed going down and growing up. Now, he's talking about plants, and that's important. He could have said the kingdom of God is like a guy who just builds a house, who puts a bunch of bricks together, but he doesn't say that here. That's growth too, right? When somebody builds something, brick by brick, it gets larger and larger, right? But that's mechanical growth. See, a pile of brick, the, a pile of bricks that gets larger and larger by piling on more bricks, it gets bigger, but there's no life in it. Do you see that? There's no life in it. Biological growth is different, and here's why. It starts from a tiny seed. But the growth that springs forth is full of life. Say, full of life. Full of life. Now, in my front yard, it's covered in acorns right now. I don't know where all of the squirrels went. Maybe they froze. I don't know. But we usually don't have this many acorns in our front yard, which is just covered right now. Now, there are these tiny little insignificant things, right? They're really annoying when you go over them with a lawnmower, too, by the way. But these tiny little insignificant things, they look so weak. I can step on them on the pavement and crush them, right? But inside this weak little acorn is a pretty powerful thing, right? Inside a weak little acorn is the power to birth an entire forest of enormous mighty trees. That's the power of life. That's the power of life that Jesus is talking about. See, a long time ago, there was a British preacher. He's named uh, G. Campbell Morgan. He visited a cemetery in Italy. Now, he noticed that there was, there was a huge marble slab that was covering a grave, okay, in the center of the cemetery. Massive marble slab. It was huge. It was thick. But somehow, almost 100 years earlier, there was a small acorn that had fallen into the grave where the man was buried. Over the years, a little acorn grew and grew until one day it broke through the surface and it cracked that massive marble slab into two pieces. And eventually that tree grew up and it rolled it into two separate slabs. Now with some good soil, a little water, and just a hint of light, that seed release the power to crack a massive marble slab in two. Now, when that acorn dropped, I'll bet nobody said bombs away. It fell in weakness. But that acorn had the power to break through the thickest slab. And despite appearances, the strength of that acorn prevailed over the strength of the marble. Who would have thought that, right? Who would have thought? See, the power of Jesus Christ, the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ is a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. Like the acorns in my yard, you could walk past that gospel truth 
every day, you could disregard it as insignificant. See, it only really becomes powerful when you take it in. It only becomes powerful when you let it in and let it touch every part of your life. When the gospel comes deep down and touches every part of your life, it changes everything. Now, I think this parable becomes especially powerful, especially powerful when you consider why Jesus came. When you consider why Jesus came, this picture of a weak, insignificant seed that would be put into the ground, but then spring forth with new life, abundant life, supernatural life. Doesn't that sound a little bit like Jesus Christ? See, this is why it's so hard for some people to get the kingdom of God. People think that they know what a kingdom looks like, don't don't they? Don't some of us think that? People thought they knew that Jesus, when he said, I'm bringing a kingdom, they thought, I know what that looks like. You can't teach me anything new about a kingdom. But see, the kingdom that Jesus brought was an upside-down kingdom. It was revolutionary. It's different than anything that the world had ever seen. It still confounds and confuses people to this very day. It's still a revolutionary concept, this upside-down kingdom. See, in our kingdoms, blessed are the rich. In our kingdom, blessed are the high achievers. But in God's kingdom... Kingdom life is received, not achieved. In our idea of a king, in our idea of a kingdom, a king comes to bury his enemies. But hear this. King Jesus came to be buried for his enemies. A weak seed buried that produces resurrection life. Romans 5 verse 8 says this. But God showed his love for us by this. When we were yet sinners, when we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what kind of marble slab is covering your life. I don't know what kind of addictions that you're dealing with. I don't know what kind of fear you're dealing with. I don't know what kind of brokenness is on the inside of you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because, listen, the seed of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ can crack that thing in half. It can break any bondage that you have in your life. Did you know that that power is available to you today? The power to change anything in your life is here today. Not by anything you can achieve. Not because you can be so good that you achieve it. But no, because God is so good that he came to be buried on your behalf. So that resurrection life could break any bondage in your life. Amen.